What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. We're going to be talking about AEW Worlds and not Worlds Collide, as I keep referring to it on all sorts of documents and pages and graphics and all. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Feliste. If the world is ending, why the hell are we doing this? I mean, it's been ending for the past couple of years, you know. Blame CERN. <laughs> Calvin Wiggins. <coughs> As you can tell, I'm still coughing because that's the way that things are. So, apologize if that happens throughout this and I can't mute in time. But if I muted myself the whole time, we wouldn't have a podcast, right? So, let's. Well, I mean, uh, we, we would. You just wouldn't be there. Yeah, true. That's right. <laughs> it would just be passing the buck over to you guys. But uh, I do have things to say about this. And I hope that you have things to say about it too in the comments section below. So, by all means, make sure that you. Tell us what you're thinking about what we say and what you have to say and uh, what you agree with, disagree with, and so on and so forth. As you do that, make sure that you click on all the good buttons that you see there, the thanks button, the join button, the channel membership stuff's the same thing as the Patreon, so thank you to the people that are on the Darkcast tier or even just the dollar a month tier. It's all great. Uh, the Pick a Poison tier, of course, is always an option if you want to sponsor something directly. Redbubble and the Public, where you can pick up your merchandise. And also make sure that you are clicking on that little notification bell. That way, when we go live for the post-show for AEW World's End, you'll know when we are officially broadcasting and not just kind of waiting in the uh, the pool, waiting for that to click over. So get all that sorted out while you can. You got the whole podcast, so you can do it. Or afterward, it's not like it shuts off after the podcast ends. And <coughs> sorry again, <coughs> make sure that you also are filling out the fan feedback survey that we have up there right now. We're going to be talking about the uh, responses and thoughts on how we can improve in 2024 at the hot tags this week. So you got another day or so to fill them out. It's a pretty quick survey overall, and it does help out quite a bit for me to know where you're listening to us, what you want to hear more of, what you think that we can uh, kind of do a little bit differently next year, make some tweaks, so on and so forth. But let's get into AW World's End. Right now, currently, there are seven matches on the card, although one of them is still TBA versus TBA. And, I mean, we got another person on the card that we still don't know is another TBA. Sorry about the sirens in the background as well. Uh, we also know that, based off of the history of AEW, there has never been a seven match card unless maybe if they we went back to like fight for the fall in number one or something, maybe there might've been, but generally speaking, they don't do the same level of matches that WWE does. There are far more matches on an AEW card because they don't have all the filler stuff. So they're able to put more matches on there and they typically have matches on the pre-show instead of WWE just having an hour of talking. So we are certainly looking at more matches being added to the card and that could be anywhere from three to eight matches that are added to there. There's some kind of 10 to 14 range that they're in. So the first question, as per usual, what do you think might be added to the card? Well, I think this might s well, potentially spoil not the entirety of the um what I think the Continental Classics going to end up looking like, but I think one of the matches that we added to the card is uh, Swerve Strickland versus Keyflay. Absolutely. We're getting that for sure. I think we will get a zero-hour match 
likely pitting Willow Nightingale against someone just to get Willow on the card in Long Island. Um, I think if there might be another women's match, it could be Thunder Rosa versus Sky Blue. Unless maybe what, on TV. Maybe what you do is you put a Thunder Rosa, Stat, and Willow against Diamante, Sky, and Sky Blue. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably that. I locked that in. That's probably a guess for a pre-show match. I'd expect to see some Ring of Honor title defenses. Who's the Ring of Honor TV champion right now? Kyle Fletcher. Put Kyle Fletcher in there against somebody. That might be fun. You could see appearances by anybody like a Daniel Garcia could pop up or There you go. Kyle Fletcher against Daniel Garcia. That sounds like a match that I'd pay everybody to see. Yeah, maybe like and FTR gets thrown in a match or FTR something. FTR will probably face House of oh, Black. House Black, yeah. They made the challenge. Um, yeah, we can round this card out nicely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because um, obviously, uh, depending on what happens in the Continental Classic, there'll be some heavy hitters that'll be off the card in some regards. So you imagine that they might try and put them into some kind of match either. Just some random thing that puts together just to say, okay, well, Danielson, say Danielson doesn't beat Kingston, you're still going to probably want to have put Danielson on the card in some fashion. So you'll find some match for him. It could be like Danielson and Claudio against two people be, or yeah, something. Or, yeah, yeah, like, what, yeah, 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 exactly. It's just, uh, I think they'll just try and find ways to put some good people on the card. I'd like to see some kind of, I know that they, they wouldn't go down this route, but it would be quite fun if they did some kind of match with all the other competitors of the Continental Classic that weren't didn't win, like some sort of 10-man tag with the other 10 competitors. I'd be down for that. They, yeah, they, they won't do that because they've got other matches probably in line for them. But um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. Or maybe because um, after this, um, Andrade's out of this now, we could put Andrade and Miro. Depending on, as well. uh, what's her face's finger? Mm. Yeah, she. Uh, I think the last update was just pretty much the surgery, right? Yeah, she said yeah. she's she says it's feeling better. I know she's been posting videos again, so I guess there's like, so hopefully it's all gone well for them, so they can finish off this dumb storyline. <laughs> all for uh, just like a little splinter, right? It was pretty yeah. gnarly looking. It started out as splinter, and it, that's like my worst nightmare. That seems relatively basic, turning into a full-blown ick and needing surgery. That's worst nightmare. I mean, splinters suck as they are. <laughs> I had one uh, a couple months ago, and it's just like, yeah, that, I'm not a fan. Uh, you start getting an infection and stuff, it's way worse. But, <clears throat> yeah, there's uh, there are a lot of options to take a toss onto the card here, but some of it does depend on what happens in the Continental Classic, which... Might as well transition talking over into that. Uh, currently, we don't know who are going to be in the finals because there are still two matches I need to determine who ends up with the most amount of points on the blue and the gold league. Blue league is either going to be Brian Danielson, who's currently in the lead, or Eddie Kingston, who I would assume is probably the favorite there just because he is the person going in with the titles and that underdog kind of aspect can lead into that. Doesn't mean it's necessarily a guarantee by any means, but the opposite side, the gold league is going to be either John Moxley, Swerve Strickland or Jay White. And I think for the most part, we're all in agreement. It seems like it's going to be Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, right? 
I don't want it to be. I've never wanted it to be anything but that in my entire life. Like, I don't want this whole thing to just be... And, of course, Kingston wins because he was the Ring of Honor and New Japan champions, after all. I just want Switchblade and Danielson, and then I want Jay White to win. But that being said, I don't get what I want. It's going to be Moxley versus Kingston with Kingston defeating the last member of the BCC and getting the monkey off his back and having a nice moment in New York. Yeah, I mean, this has been a um, a kind of story that went on the boil a little bit earlier this year and then was called off for a while with like Kingston being on the side against BCC and him and Moxley getting in each other's face but not really touching that much or not doing too much to each other in an aggressive sense. So this is an opportunity for them to have that blow-off match. I think it's the one that would get the most excitement. I think it's the one that's the least predictable as well. It's the most predictable outcome in terms of who we two were going to be. But in terms of the actual match itself, it really could go either way. Kingston obviously makes a lot of sense, but you could just continue the story of that Kingston just can't beat Moxley. Because Moxley has been... I don't want to say, like, he's he's still kind of, in many ways, the ace of the company. And I kind of feel like he might have been losing too much now. You don't want him to be losing. Because they went through a whole a long, long time where he'd only lost, like, a couple of matches in AEW. And now he's lost to Jay White. He's lost to uh, Orange Cassidy recently. He's obviously lost the title a while ago to MJF and lost some matches to... Like it's part of the BCC versus the Elite. So I feel like he might be due another big win to be the top guy. And he seems like the one of the perfect choices to be a triple crown champion. Um, but the likelihood is it'll be Kingston and Kingston will win. Because but that's a, but that's also a good choice because Kingston is doing a lot of stuff as well. I also feel like some people maybe are going a little bit overboard with the like, I'll give Kingston the big win now. It's like he's won two world championships this year. <laughs> it's like I think he's had a, I think he's had enough uh, plenty of big wins this year. I think I think Jay White needs it. I think Jay White versus Danielson is a nice first time ever match. I I think Jay White. Winning this makes it seem like he's a big deal. Because realistically, Moxley lost six times this year. And before this, he had only lost six times, period, in AEW. And that's, like, six matches isn't a lot, but I understand why people would say it's a lot now (coughs) for him. We're all under the impression he's just going to fight Keithley, right? So that's fine. But I want first time ever matches. And Kingston Moxley is going to be great. I don't think they've had a one on one since. What was it? Was it Full Gear 2020? Yeah. I mean, this will be their first match against each other in front of a crowd in AEW. That's sad, man. So maybe, maybe you can do that and just get away with it like that. It's also something you have to factor in is. If you're going to be this triple crown champion, you're going to be traveling and you're going to pop up as like the ring of honor champion, essentially the new Japan strong open weight champion and an AEW. So when you get like, if you were to give it to Moxley and he goes to wrestle kingdom and he's fighting for 
What's the name of the new um, the global championship? Global championship. No, it's the oh, <clears throat> you mean in New Japan? Yeah, yeah. New Japan. Um, if he's fighting for that, it kind of would come off to me like, well, there's no chance in hell that he wins it, and you're not going to give like, okay, we're going to do this triple crown championship thing and then immediately give him this other New Japan title. So I'm assuming that if Moxley is in the match, it's just a means for Kingston to do this whole triple crown thing and like earn that right rather than to just be awarded the continental championship or win one match. It's like you got to win a lot of matches and really beat like everybody to do this and all and also to fill time, you know, because tournaments are fun to do on TV. So, you know, why not do something like that? But I think that that's the goal that they're going with here and the fact that it is in New York means that much more for a Kingston win rather it to be like, all right, well, you know, we're in the middle of, um, was it Cincinnati is, uh, from Moxley. I think he's from Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. right. You right. And if like, if it would have been there, then it's like, all right, you're kind of setting up <laughs> that that person's going to win. You know, I'm not opposed to Kingston winning and the, the whole story just being, he goes in with the titles and he makes the triple crown thing. But I'm also sort of like, I'm still hesitant about this idea to begin with, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know how this triple crown is going to work and we'll just have to wait and see Yeah, with that approach to see if he, it's something that can work out. Kingston has said he wants to defend all of them together and separately and on the indies. So it's going to work out however the fuck they say. And the rules will change rather consistently. Yeah, I, I imagine it will start off as a triple crown, and then eventually there'll be some match that takes place that's only for like, for the Ring of Honor World Title or the New Japan Strong Title, and then it gradually gets broken down at that point, and then you're just left with the Continental Championship. Um, you I think mean, that by with... this time next year, if they're doing this again, that it's just it's a tournament for the Continental Championship rather than. A triple crown I think, thing. I think you could do something of like having in future of you basically you have a continental champion and then they still defend it throughout the year, but the whoever's holding the continental championship puts it up in this tournament every year, but they get some kind of I don't know if it'd be some kind of advantage or some kind of or something else attached to it, which means that they get a they they get some sort of benefit from being champion going into next year's tournament. They could do something like that and have this all wrapped up in that. I mean, realistically, it probably should be a tournament that should be crowning a, a world championship contender, mm-hmm. I think, realistically, in the same way that G1 is. But I just don't think they, with the plans they currently have for the world title, they don't think they wanted it to attach it to this and give it and want to give it its own thing. I have to at least say that the the whole tournament as a whole has been a monster success, just from a, a quality point of view. And it's definitely, but if this was just a trial run, see how it could go, like doing a G1 style thing for AEW and doing that on TV, I think that they'll def- they're definitely bringing it back next year. So if they want to attach its own championship to it, then by all means, I think they should see the benefit of this one and, and do a women's version of it as well. Maybe not necessarily for a, a women's continental championship. They have to figure that one out. But it, that, they should be doing this for men, women, and tag teams. Some round robin uh, tournaments. It's just it's just uh, an interesting way to get some 
interesting matches on TV. Yeah, the end. tournament. Good. No, like I, I think it's been a great success. I think it's made matches mean something without having to put a lot of effort into story because the idea of needing to win is enough of a story. And yeah, I hope they do continue it next year. We're gonna see soon enough what the belt looks like and whether that's something where we just go, or we're like, God damn, it's one of the best looking belts that we have right now. And how this all plays out, I'm sure is going to take quite a while, but I am hesitant with a, a lot of elements of this continental classic and the championship and all. And I'm hoping that I'm proven wrong and it ends up working out all that much, but I'm going to go Eddie Kingston beats John Moxley in the finals. Is that a three for? Yeah, I'd say so. Disappointingly, yes. <laughs> Lots of three firsts, by the way, in the awards uh, from the end of the year stuff. So go back and check out the different things that we had up there. Uh, the WWE end of the year awards and the AEW year end awards. Uh, we'll talk about WWE's NXT year end awards that they did on the hot tags this week. But go back and check out our previous uh, six episodes. So let's move on to another thing here. This is a very championship-heavy pay-per-view so far. Now, we mentioned, of course, they're going to add more matches to there that aren't championship matches. But nevertheless, we have the AEW TBS championship on the line. Julia Hart will retain over Abaddon because there's no way that Julia Hart's just going to drop the belt right now, especially not to Abaddon. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't care. I said put it on Abaddon. Fun. It's Abaddon getting a spotlight is great. And I think they've shined tremendously in the, the time that they've been given to shine. It's nice to see them doing other things in the women's division. And I say give Abaddon the belt. I mean, I've, I think that Julie Hart will retain and should retain at this point just because Abaddon's come in and had a couple of decent matches and is now like having a, a character developed around her and a story more developed around her doesn't mean that you should just immediately hand a belt to her just means that it makes the match a bit more interesting which i agree should but i don't want her to or i don't want you know no but i don't think you should we should also try and enter a world where we're just having to give the belt on someone so they don't disappear on tv which yeah, i know but is, I think is that's obviously an issue. issue yeah but that's well, an yeah. issue in AW. well yeah but i don't yeah but i don't think you could we should just drop Julia Hart into like this this title round is only just getting started just so Abaddon stays on TV as much as I think that Abaddon has done well with the TV time that she's now been given I don't think that it's worth ending this title round Julia Hart is clearly the bigger star right now she is like one of the two bigger stars out of the House of Black right now so I think that she should hold on to it for a while I don't know whether the Sky Blue thing is a long term partnership whether that was just like a means to an end for getting Thunder Rosa back on TV. I mean, Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart is a is a good possibility moving forward as well. If they decide to go in that direction, I think that that's going to happen at Revolution. Yeah, and that one, that one is a lot more like up in the air about who would win that one. This one is just a means to give her a a good defense against someone who's who's done well recently and deserves a chance to be on pay per view because she hasn't. I don't think Abaddon's ever wrestled on a AEW pay per view before. 
if she has, it's probably been in some sort of like uh, casino battle royale or mm. you know something along those lines. I don't remember any matches specifically for. She definitely not had a featured match, and certainly not for a toy. I'm just glad that Abaddon's not gone. The holiday, the Halloween exclusive character. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that one, but but yeah, she she looks she looks like she's much improved in the ring she's gotten a lot more she's gotten a lot leaner she she's a lot more mobile in the ring now as well she's now seemed to be she's entering her um undertaker evolution phase where he goes from just being guy who gets hit and just stares at you to actually wrestling matches now and take and selling a bit so i looked it up she was only on one pay-per-view and it was a casino battle royale all mm-hmm. out 2021 as uh, so that was the ruby soho debut debut match so it always surprises me how quickly you guys are able to do that. Like it's the hmm. all out twenty twenty one. Oh, the one that Ruby Soho won. I'm like, I well, that's the only casino battle royal they've ever done for women on pay per view. So, uh, okay, yeah. so it's, uh, all right, no, uh, take a little credit out. Also, also, <laughs> everyone remembers all out twenty twenty one because that's the big. That was the show with everybody debuting on. So, mm. I know the uh, that, on that, that was a moment of harmony, <laughs> like uh, before all the other all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think that Julia Hart has at least a little bit of time left with that title, if not, you know, however many months it'll take before the next round of uh, opponents are. But I do think that Abaddon probably doesn't pose too, too much of a threat. I'm expecting Sky Blue to interfere and for it to be like, you know, that's kind of what leads to Julia Hart retaining. But I am more interested in that match in just like in theory alone than I am for the women's world championship, Tony Storm against Riho. I know objectively that's going to be a better match. But Riho's got no chance to win and I'm kind of just over the Tony Storm character and I I feel like uh I'm gonna be losing my um attention for this match during it just because I'm not invested. It's not gonna happen again. I agree with you, but I say fuck it. Give the title to Rio. <laughs> like, I give that like, belt that I've done instead. Yeah, like sometimes you know, Rio's fun, and Rio didn't get a real shake of things when you really consider the fact that she was the first champion, and was probably best known for dropping it to Nyla, and look where Nyla is. You know, like. Be fun to see what Riho could do in a more consistent run in this AEW, but they're not dropping anything from Tony Storm because she's the Golden Goose. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm with Tony in the sense that I'm very much uh, not a fan of the timeless Tony character. I think that it's just way too over the top and going overboard. But I think the one thing that I would say is a saving grace for it is that it's clearly a launching pad for Mariah May. But this character for Tony Storm will, I think, personally for me, I think it will make Mariah the bigger star eventually. It'll make her a bigger star being attached to this act and then moving forward straight away where she'll become one of the the biggest stars in AEW's women's division moving forward. So just based on what I've seen of her and how I think that she'll be able to present herself. So if we have to put up with a couple of months of 
this character it's not gonna be fun and it's gonna make most of the women's world title matches quite a, a chore to sit through as i imagine it will be for this one as well which will be just too heavy on comedy and uh interference and all of that stuff but, but yeah we'll wait and see uh Riho's not gonna win because not only is tony storm like the bigger star to the fans right now and has definitely got a lot of their attention like a positive way like we're probably in the minority in terms of disliking it yeah um but Riho won't be in AEW for well, I'd say like she'll be in AEW but she won't be there for long because she always just comes back for a month and then disappears again because she works in Japan yeah so, she's here and- to be the filler opponent because she's inherently got this like level of built-in respect by being the first women's champion so you put her in there and it's like well she is the first women's champion so there's always a chance that she could win and then she loses you know <laughs> yeah she's also like she's also been proven i don't say like ratings mover but she does get she is very popular among the AEW hardcores as well so i can understand the reason bringing her in like she's always a good first challenger for a, ch- a new champion or like a, a one of the first like immediate challenges for a champion because this is Tony Storm's first pay-per-view title defense since winning the belt back. So, so yeah, I can understand the option. It's a it's a fresh matchup as well. We haven't really seen Tony mm-hmm. Storm versus Riho, so maybe they can make that into something a little bit more interesting. Riho is a very dynamic and interesting performer because of how small she is. She could she has a lot of transitions into pinfalls as well, and she's acrobatic in that way. But yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that Storm's going to retain. Yeah, I'll give them credit for this. It's not just, you know, Tony Storm against Hikaru Shida again. Yeah, for instance. So yeah, so yeah, I think this like uh, for me, this is long term going towards what well, how I would do it. As I say I can't say that this is how I would do how um it will happen because they don't know really know how to book their women's division very well. They're getting better. They've done they've done better in the second half of the year than the first half of the year, but it's still not like perfect. But um I I would have Ryan May beat Tony Storm for it in the process turning Tony Storm babyface. Like I don't say like she adopts the character, but she basically goes with the whole um like loyal fan thing and then then screws her over to win the title. And then you do her versus Jamie Hayter probably at all in. I know you probably would do Tony Storm again at some point, but I think you could just do that as a grudge match without the title. I think I think the long play at least is to have Jamie Hayter win the the title back at All In because it's right. in Wembley, so it makes sense to do that. And it kind of feels like this Riho situation is basically working backward and being like, our end game is this at this time, so we have to fill in X amount of feuds. Who do we have on the roster? Okay, Riho's an option. All right, well, that'll make sense for a month. And then, you know, on paper it works, but in execution, it's just sort of, it's kind of like if, uh, you know, you look at like Seth Rollins and you have, all right, we're trying to get to Mania. So maybe we've got the Shinsuke Nakamura thing that we could do. And maybe we've got Drew McIntyre thing that we can do. And, you know, I mean, obviously, like, different setups and different matches and all that but like the idea of you look at the roster and then you go here are the number of people that we can fill in who do we want first and Riho just happens to be one of the first ones that they're gonna do 
I'm expecting I, Tony Storm's going to go up against somebody at Revolution that is going to be like another Tony Storm just retains kind of thing too, and you know. Well, there's always again I'm an engineer in the TES thing as well, but there is always the Thunder Rosa option because mm-hmm. even though it's obviously had many title changes since then, the original story was that when Thunder Rosa had to relinquish the world title in the first place. Um, she was meant to be wrestling Tony Storm for it, and then Tony Storm became the interim champion for the main champion. So there's an inbuilt story there that they can go back to whenever they feel like it. Yeah, it depends on if they want to do Thunder Rosa versus Julia, or if they want to do Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, or if they want to just do like one and then the other because they they could technically do both. But it's, I think it's kind of cramming it in if they try to do both before Revolution at the very least. So maybe they do. Well, I mean, I don't know. My revolution's beginning of March, March 3rd. Yeah. We don't know if they're going to do another pay-per-view in between that now, if they're going to more pay-per-views per year. Yeah, that's true. So they might, they, might figure, they might have already figured out there's another one that's going to take place in. But I would have thought they might have announced that by now. You would think so, probably, yeah. Especially because it's like with Sting having his retirement then. Yeah, true. Um, which Sting's not on this card. So it's pretty interesting. Maybe they yeah, do I'd be surprised if like I do one in January just because there's already Wrestle Kingdom and Royal Rumble. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to lose whatever show you put together in the middle of that. I assume they're going to just have like a special episode of TV. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah, uh, Another Battle of the Belts or something, which in that case, it wouldn't be Thunder uh, Rosa versus either of them on that because it would end up being like Julia Hart versus... Uh, Char- Martel, Charlotte Redicator, <laughs> yeah, and Tony Storm versus uh, um, well, they actually, wouldn't do women matches, they would two women matches on the show, they can't do that, true, yeah, that would end up being like the uh, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship and then the TBS title and the FTW title or something. Mm. Let's talk about that FTW title. Uh, Hook is going to retain, I'm assuming over Wheeler Yuta FTW rules match but that's not a guarantee by any means there's a good chance that Wheeler Yuta beats him for that belt and I'm actually more interested in this than almost any other match here I think that it's going to be fun I'm not quite sure who the winner is FTW rules is fun so I'm like hell yeah thumbs up it is a um, an interesting proposition for this one because Willie is obviously coming in and the pure champion still um I don't know w- what the situation is with if if and when Shibata comes back what well, he will come back because he's now actually signed with AEW now um we've got he's got the uh Shibata is all elite graphics so yeah. that's now fully established so I think that. If if the if the idea is that Hook is just not not Hook, uh, is just holding on to that title temporarily just because of um, Shibata's visa issues, um, then that might just be a case of just transitioning the belt back onto him. So it has nothing to do with this. I would like it to like if you was to win the title here, become a double champion, and then you're doing some kind of like unification match between the two of them or some kind of other feud moving forward. I don't think it'll be a lot of fun. Hook hasn't been... He's had some good matches, some good longer matches recently, but he, I think Uter is a very good test for him. Uter's excellent, and I think the FTW rules is not going to be the same as the Perry one from All In, because I think they're going to... They'll still use weapons, but I think they'll be less reliant on that, and it will just be more 
kind of violent suplexes and throws on the stage and around the and around ringside as well. So, so yeah, I think it'll be more of a, a violent wrestling match rather than a garbage match. But either way, I think it'll be a, a lot of fun. And yeah, if if I was to bet, I'd say Hook is likely to retain. But yeah, there is there is a lot up in the air with this one. You're saying they're not going to use real glass. <laughs> um, I like this. I like Hook. I like Wheeler. I'm glad this isn't on the pre-show. Huge fan of this. I hope Wheeler wins, and then I hope they get rid of the FTW title. I thought that for the longest time, and kept always saying like, "There's no need for the FTW title. It's not something that translates too well for me." But now that they've started to do the FTW rules for it, and it's like Hook holding it and doing something rather than just something for Brian Cage to carry around and not actually bother defending, or you know, when he would defend it, he would defend it against a bunch of nobodies. So it's like. Oh no, is Baron Black going to win? No, he's not. <laughs> They're not going to have the FDW title change hands with, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh God, what was that guy's name? It started with an R. He was doing like a kind of a gothy thing. He was on dark like all the time. Can you uh, describe him a little? Yeah, it's hard to. He hard to uh, he had a little backstage thing with going on with Vicky Guerrero and uh, Nyla yeah. Rose. I don't think his name starts with an R. Didn't it? Um, hold on, I got. I'll find him. It's <laughs> off the top of my head. I'm like whoever he was, but like you know when they would have matches like that on AEW Dark Elevation or whatever, it was like the FTW title was pretty pointless, but. FTW rules makes it interesting because it's, you know, differentiating from some other matches on the card, even though there is another no DQ match here, but it's R- false. Can anyway. Are you all right? His name is Ryzen. Ryzen. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. Like R-Y-Z-I-N. Yeah. And it was something dumb. <laughs> yeah. That era was terrible for the FTW title. Now I'm like, okay, but it's basically the hardcore championship, but not quite copying and pasting some of those elements. So I'm cool with Yuta winning it and I'm cool with hook retaining and I'm cool with the idea of like, if Yuta wins it, maybe hook goes after the pure title and says like, well, I'm going to either get my FTW title back or I'm going to get your pure title. Or if hook retains, it could be like, well, hook beat Yuta. So he is effectively a number one contender for the pure title. I think they're going to have a good enough match that I would be interested in seeing a follow-up no matter what happens on here. And I'm kind of down with any result. So I'm going into this match with more like positivity than almost anything else on this card, which is kind of funny because it's not, you know, the main selling point of the pay-per-view or anything, but I think it's cool. And I think I'm going to go with overall, it's maybe like a a 55% in my mind that hook retains. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Hook retaining. Yeah, Hook probably retains. As far as the AEW World Tag Team titles, I am not as confident that the champions are going to retain because well, we've talked about no this. Match. There's currently no match. Well, it's Jericho and a partner that we don't know. No, they have not stated whether or not that will still take place. Didn't they? I thought that they did. 
No, well, uh, uh, I think Jericho specifically said on last uh, last week's signing right that they have no idea that they yeah, still, they're still deciding what they're going to do with the and match. And then on Collision, he said, "I'm going to find a partner. I don't know when I'll face you." But uh, so they might they might just kind of they hey, might. if we can figure it out beforehand, we'll put it on the pay per view. If not, well, we never said that it was officially on the pay per view kind of thing. Full disclosure: I think it's Coda, and I think it's happening at the pay per view. But I didn't want you to mislead anybody and preview a tag team title match that may or may not be on the show. I was under the impression that it just was happening on the show. And it was like, Jericho is going to find a partner. It's Jericho and blank against big bill and Ricky Starks. But I guess like if the technicality of the wording doesn't say that, then it's like the whole card subject to change thing. But depending on who he ends up teaming with and when this ends up happening and all, We've talked about this before many different times, and we've talked about it even for this. There is an inherent... I don't know if you would call it like a... A built-in, like, default you have to do it to make up for it, or a compensation as far as doing something that's interesting to overtake the idea of you didn't get the thing you were doing before, but when a match is announced and then you end up doing something like this, where you're going to have a replacement very often that replacement ends up winning a title. doesn't happen if it's something like the Roman reigns thing where they're just like, no, he's holding it until whenever we want him to stop breaking records and all, but look what happened in so many other scenarios in the past where it's just like, okay, we're going to have a mystery opponent to fill in here. Oh no, that person won this championship and then we, you know, two weeks later or something, switch the title back and reset everything or something. I think there's a really good chance Jericho and whoever he ends up teaming up with wins those belts. If not just for the sake that putting the belts on somebody new and having a title change distracts from the idea that you're not getting the match that you were originally paying for. That's like, it's Big Bill and Ricky Starks. It's not like they are having the most important tag team title reign in the history of the company or something right now, where if they lose the belts, it's like the world comes crumbling down. No, they just would lose the belts and then either win it back or somebody else would end up beating them. The young bucks would end up beating Jericho and, and blank. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. (laughs) Uh, I, I think that that might happen, but I guess if the match isn't official, then it's not an official prediction. I don't know. I'll ask Adam Pierce. Um, I think it's Coda. I think they should win the titles. And I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where I'm like, Ricky and Big Bill are fun, but they're not. They're not grabbing the tag team scene by the balls, you know, and really running with it in in the way that certain put-together teams have in the past. Like, when Hangman and Kenny were team in the beginning, they really like own the tag team division you know they're not doing that per se so let jericho and whomever beat them i do have to say though i don't want to get into the minutia of like what's going on with the young bucks but it's weird to me that where this company once boasted like the best tag division why is this the tag team match when there's a lot of great teams on the roster Feels very WWE, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, they, they AW have started to more recently have a um, a, a slew of like thrown together tag teams. Um, yeah, realistically, they should be putting it onto a more focused tag team division. I think it's also probably maybe due to part of the issue of having the trios titles around around as well. And so you have to establish some teams that are going to be trios and some teams that will be tag teams. Um, I think Starks and Bill are doing a good job as tag champions. They're nothing like spectacular. They're not going to have the same kind of quality of matches and FTR and Young Bucks and uh, Lucha Bros or pe- people of that ilk. But they have a, ca- a charisma about them. I think it's a good way of... Well, we know that long term this is going to end with one of them turning on the other and they're probably going to feud over it as well, which is fine. You can sometimes have tag teams that are, are built for that reason of like they, they're successful for a while and then long term they're viewed as single stars. That's um, if they don't just go with what has been the track record of Big Bill, which is he's put with somebody and then however many weeks later he's just not with him anymore and he's suddenly standing next to another person yeah. he's had like oh, yeah, that, I mean, five relationships so far i think all right i think mean, i think mean, oh, there's obviously a, a possibility of that happening but i hope that at least this tag title run has exposed him in the, in a really good way because he's he's been very good on the microphone he's getting better in the ring every all the time he's been one of the the big success stories of AEW in 2023 in just terms of someone who where they started and where they are now so hopefully they would use that as an opportunity to build him back up because he could definitely be a top champion level guy for them if uh, booked the right way. But then um, in terms of just this match, I would personally like to see a different team come in and not have Jericho involved at all in this match just to find someone else. I mean, we go back to people that might not be available, well, who might be available due to the results of the Continental Classic. Why not Danielson and Claudio? As they, yeah, as a tactic, yeah. just just throw them together as a random thing. Just do some sort of Jericho cuts a promo on either Rampage or Collision, says I won't, well, I haven't been able to find a partner, so I'll have to delay on my tag team title opportunity. I will be, I'm still on the hunt for one, but right now I can't do it. And and then you do a random, like just I don't know, fifteen team battle royal. Or ten team battle roll, however you want to do it on collision. The winners ch- challenge them for titles, and you can still get like a very credible tag team challenger for it there. And it still wouldn't absolutely rule out a title change because, as you say, that if if some people might feel disappointed, they might try and go with the whole route of okay, you didn't get the match you want, but we're going to make this more exciting by giving you that title change. So yeah, you could easily do a team like I mean, there've been some good tag teams you could throw a uh, top flight because they're not the, the tag they're not they didn't win the trios titles which they probably should have done but i mean if you're not doing a trios titles match you could do the acclaimed and throw them into a tag title match you could do it with like penta or commander or penta and vikingo or vikingo commander whichever kind of luchador um combination you want to go with so there's plenty of options available I've, i i personally think that whatever happens i think Starks and bill are going to retain even if it's Jericho and Kota Ibushi? Oh, especially if it's Jericho and Kota Ibushi. Because Kota wasn't the plan. And if you, and also, if you're in this world of like wanting uh, the tag team to be more round and doing things, then you definitely don't want Kota Ibushi holding that title. Kota Ibushi's also... Um, he's going to be busy soon with 
I don't know when exactly that matches, but he's main eventing Noah's biggest show of the year soon. Against um oh I think it's Kano, but I, I might be getting that wrong in terms of the, but essentially he's gonna be main eventing a big show in Japan soon. So I think it's even very unlikely that he's going to be around for this because essentially if he does that, then you're not, probably not going to see him for a month, a month and a half anyway, and Jericho's just going to be holding the titles on his own. And we already have one set of tag titles that are mm. doing that already. So I don't think you want to do that with another one. Although technically they could be dropping those belts, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh they, oh, they could be dropping those belts. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But um, but either way, well, either way, you've just had several months of basically a one a one man tag team holding titles i don't think we want another month or two of that so. actually while we're at it uh, we'll save it for the mjf discussion but um so ultimately you're if they do this uh tag title match jericho and blank or some other opponents or something what do you think is eventually going to be the what happens at world's end and what do you think is going to be the outcome of the whole thing if you have to make two different uh projections going forward i'm gonna say i think it's jericho and abushi and i think that they win the belts i'm going to agree with that statement um just say that it's some other tag team that doesn't involve jericho and that stocks and bill retain and even if it is jericho and someone else i think stocks and bill retain before we get into the MJF situation, we do have one other title match to talk about. The TNT title match. No DQ. Chris Cage against Adam Copeland. I think that we might get a title change here. And partially because Christian's held it long enough that if they switch the title, it's not like it's, you know, he just won it. Partially because it is a TNT title, not the world title. So if Adam Copeland wants a little bit of a title reign or they can do some feuds with him with a title in mind. Well, it's, you know, I mean, not like you're putting all your eggs in that basket. TNT title is basically on par with the international title. They're just the, the mid card titles. So worst case scenario, if they want to have a short title reign, that's perfectly fine. He can drop it to somebody at revolution or double or nothing or something. And, um, well, double or nothing wouldn't be like a short reign. That would be a, normal right but i think the no dq aspect of this either is going to factor in as that's the reason why adam copeland wins is because other people come in and they help and they kind of counterbalance or the whole reason why it's there is because they want to milk this for a second match and they want to keep adam copeland looking strong so it's like well, this we is the second match there's no way they're doing another one yeah, I'm talking about they wanted to milk it for a second match. Oh, I, I thought you were saying they're going to milk it no, no, no. one after this. No, like, I think the whole reason that they are doing it on the pay-per-view and no DQ is because they wanted to do it here, but they wanted to do it another time, too. And then they're like, well, we'll add the no DQ thing. And then that way he can lose twice, but he doesn't really lose, lose. But I am leaning more towards the idea that I think that this could be where Copeland wins the belt. And the no DQ thing is going to allow other people to interfere to offset Luchasaurus and uh, Nick Wayne and such kill switch. I should say, well, Chris, you got it wrong too. So <laughs> maybe this is where Sting and Darby Allen come in. Maybe this is where 
we get another little wrinkle to something. Maybe somebody turns. I don't know, but I'm I just, think uh, I think I'm going more for Edge. I'm looking forward to them having the match, and I do think this is the time to put the title on Adam Copeland. I think it's been too long since he's been champion, and people say, "Oh, it doesn't matter," but it's like in an era where I've seen, you know. Tommy Dreamer is currently a champion in TNA right now. And, you know, in an era where WWE is like, Roman can just hold belts for thousands of days and never defend it. I think there's no harm in giving Adam Copeland a title run. You know, it gives him an excuse to face new people and just do matches without having to, like, enter a blood feud. And, you know, when the time comes, they they will eventually have to team when the time comes. But for now, they can still be enemies. And I think I think it's a right move to put it on Adam Copeland. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been I've been very impressed with Copeland since coming back and well, coming into AEW. Um, I think he's shown that he's very, very willing to to put the work in. He's not just here for a paycheck. Although I'm sure the paycheck helps, but I think that he's here to try and make the most on his return back to the ring, which he didn't get as much of in WWE. So I, yeah, I'd be happy with him winning the title here. I think that would be. I think this should be a fun match. I don't. I think that they will wrestle again after this because we haven't seen a ladder match between these two. That's yet. what I was. I was going to say. So you think it's a ladder match? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, match. I think that's the that's the long term. That's the final one that might happen at a revolution or something. But I yeah, but they usually I mean, have I, the uh, face of the revolution ladder match, right? They do. Maybe they'll do one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they'll do one like a special episode of dynamite or something. But I think that because I, I think that he will. He is a good idea for him to win the title here. You get a big pop out of it. He gets to hold a championship for the first time since. Well, yeah, 2011. So there's been a very long time since Adam Copeland's been a champion of any kind. So, yeah, you get that you get that big moment. You get his name on the legacy of the TNT Championship. But I think that long-term, Christian should be holding that title when you decide to transition it on to whoever's going to be like the, I don't say like the permanent new guy, but whoever's going to be like the new face of that title longer term. I still think that even though they've had plenty of matches about it, I still think Darby Allen is the guy to hold that title long term or be or be the, the constant around that title. So I would like to see him be the one that beats Christian Cage for it, unless you find unless you find obviously someone else that can um step up to that level or, or it just becomes somewhat undeniable. But but yeah, for now you can have Adam Cutler win it, have a short run with it, drop it back to to uh, Christian Cage and then because there's still a lot that we need to see with the Christian Cage character and you don't necessarily need to have the TNT title for it but we need to see Kill Switch turn on him and go back to being Luchasaurus or doing whatever he plans on doing got to see like Nick Wayne eventually turn on Cage which would then lead to um, like custody battle yeah <laughs> or, well custody battle or the um the, the Copeland and Christian reunion, either as, well, I'd imagine as baby faces at that point. Um, 
even though Christian's just so good as a heel, I don't really want. I don't know if he can really turn babyface now at this point. But I guess we'll see. But I think that yeah, right now, just for this particular match, you should just go with Copeland, have a fun moment for it, and then decide on how long term this title run's going to be. I'd be down for even not doing the switch back over to Christian and just having it be Copeland wins the belt here. Maybe they have another match and Copeland retains or so. And then at like revolution or on TV in the meantime, or something that we get like Copeland drops it to a guy like Jay white, for instance, or swerve or somebody where it's just like, all right, new feud. And he puts, somebody over that's going to get something out of beating not only him, but also winning the championship and being taking that next step forward. I guess yeah. that being the case. I think for, for me, I just um, would keep the title on Christian cage long-term. I mean, say you could have a short to title, but I think that if you have Copeland win the title and hold on to it, I think that, the story isn't that you can't tell a satisfying story where Christian just gives up and moves on to something else. Whereas I think with Copeland, you can tell that story of him just, okay, it, it like I lost the title. I could like ended up like Christian was the better man in our feud. So I'm just going to move on to, I've got so much more that I want to accomplish here. Whereas cage would just always be like, I need that title back. I need that title back. I need that title back. So so yeah, I mean, maybe they could prove maybe they could prove me wrong, but I think that um, yeah, I think the long term thing still has Christian holding it. So, but yeah, but I'll still go by Adam Copeland winning here. I want to mention this uh, here because I don't think I'm going to remember to mention it on the hot tags, but uh, when I talk about the Madison Square Garden show during the intermission, there was a, a little kid that Byron Saxon was like, you know, like, Hey, everybody say hello to like, I don't know, Lyle or whatever his name was. Lyle. Out of all the names I was Lyle. <laughs> Who the fuck's name Lyle anymore? Uh, <laughs> it's probably like Danny or whatever, but um, he's like, you know, Hey, this kid's got like a, he's a straight A student and uh, so on and so forth. Like, like give it up for him. Everybody's like, you know, yay, whatever. And he's like, so if you had to pick who was your favorite wwe superstar of all time oh god and the kid's like honestly <laughs> i no. i can i can only pick one and byron saxon's like yeah you can only pick one and he's like the greatest of all time is edge <laughs> well, he's not wrong. like he's not and, wrong and there was this like weird uh kind of like oh that kid just said somebody who's in AEW, kind of like a split second. Everybody just went, oh, uh, and Byron Saxon's oh, like, asked, well, to, to be fair to the kid, he asked, you, right. Are you sure? Like, yeah. Like, you really want to know my answer? That kind of thing. And you could tell that Byron was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, I mean, like, do you want to help me with the countdown that we're coming back from intermission? <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> they got nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. He's um, in AEW, but like he, his whole career, was WWE say nothing to be ashamed of? <laughs> it's just funny to me though, because it's like you would assume he's probably going to be like, ah, oh, like the the my my favorite of all time is like Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or uh, The Rock or you know like anybody along those lines, and it's just like, hey, Edge yeah, is doing some great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and I was thinking to myself before he even said anything, I'm like, I'd be so funny if he was just like John Moxley or like uh It would have been funny if he said Adam Copeland. Oh, even that yeah. would have been better, yeah. <laughs> so that's like proves that he's watching them more. But um yeah. Or like somebody who even better out of all things if you would have named somebody who's not even ever been a wwe superstar where it's like who's your favorite wwe superstar and he's just like daniel garcia <laughs> it's like that's not that would be great you know but uh shout out to that kid for having the balls to say a non-wwe person right now and just being like no nah, yeah my favorite is edge <laughs> straight a well, student that's what you get in the market of new york and not like Utah, somewhere, somewhere in Utah. Like, yeah. Maybe that if uh, they would have asked Lyle in Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the main event here, at least as what's currently set up, is Samoa Joe getting another chance at the AEW World Championship. MJF may or may not go into this match also holding the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles, but that's going to be decided tonight. And uh, on Dynamite, you know, we got a couple hours before that airs when we're recording this right now. That's the first thing to talk about, I think, is, you know, what's going to happen there leading into what's going to happen here. It's MJF against Mojo as like his filler tag team partner because Adam Cole's still injured up against two masked people working with the whole devil storyline. I don't know how they're going to pull off doing this match without it being obvious who those people are but they might not even necessarily care because they might just like unmask tonight or something. And I think that there's a chance that Joe and MJF lose these titles. I Joe's not really champion, but you know what I mean? I'd hope Um, that there's more than a chance if we're being honest. I'm more than ready for that to just move on. Like we need, we need to move on. I like every participant in this. I like MJF. I like Joe. I like Roddy. I, I think everybody's great, but fuck, we are dragging our feet here. And I unmask somebody, drop titles, do something. And more to the point, and we'll get to the match later, but like, unmask this fucking devil at the pay-per-view. I, I want to know who it is so we can just move on with what we're doing. Is that me being impatient, Callum? Or, or are you like, no, like this, 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 whole, this whole thing sucks? This whole angle. Well, okay, you're going to take it a step further. Go ahead. But, yeah, it's just like who done it? Some wrestling is typically bad. There's, I, I can't remember the last like successful who done it. From who tried Rick, to kill Roman Reigns? The the non Eric Rowan Eric Rowan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, I remember that now. Yeah, holy shit. But, then it, but it's like yeah, everything from like Rikishi running down Stone Cold Steve Austin to the to the um uh the black scorpion back in history with the whole rick flair like oh it's it's just rick flair the guy that's always feuding with sting he's just he's a different guy now but mcmahon's millions thing yeah and, uh man blowing up yeah uh, blowing up <laughs> like the um yeah yeah the um, uh, illegitimate child mm. just like yeah all raw general guys. manager <laughs> yeah yeah, all who done it angles typically end in uh, disappointment, and fundamentally, I just don't. I think that this is going to be pretty much the same, and I'm, I'm just waiting for that disappointment to just come over me and just try and forget about it. Like I'm, I'm gonna try and know that, try and get the feeling of this match. Just try not to put a dampener on my entire evening, like pretty much every MGF 
world title has match has since um since all out so you're um, expecting vince mcmahon to be the the devil <laughs> and uh I mean that would be interesting at the very least. <laughs> like, that would at least be yeah, something that, would that break the internet. Yeah, um, I think that they are long past the idea that they can't just keep doing. MJF goes into a, a tag title match with or without a replacement for Adam Cole. He beats the people, and then he goes and has another match later on in the night, or you know, the next week or something. And Adam Cole is going to be out for a while. Whatever the real story was supposed to be, we're months past when that was supposed to have been executed. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would absolutely agree with that point. But then I'd also make the argument of, well, not an argument for this. I t- totally agree that we should just change plans and do something different or revert back to something else in the meantime. But the thing that stands in the way of that is that MJF is... By all, by a lot of accounts, the most powerful creative voice behind the scenes outside of Tony Khan. And I think that he's already gone to the point in the mindset of if he wants to do this or if he's got the idea of doing this, then he is, um, then they're going to do it. And so, so yeah, I think that, well, I think we're past all the point. I know he keeps saying it, but his, well, if if they want to do this bidding war of 2024 thing and he wants to continue that story because he keeps saying that he hasn't signed a new contract with AEW. There's a lot of, yeah, so there's a lot of things going to play, not just a devil thing. There's that and there's also these, the knowledge that MJF is injured. Or at least that uh, he said that he's like torn his, um, is, is torn labrum or something labrum. to that effect. Yeah. 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 So take all those factors in. For me, you need to have Samoa Joe win the title here. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. And Joe's winning the title. It's weird because it's like I, I, I'm not down on MJF in the same way that you are. I'm, he's still like pretty much my favorite person on the roster outside of potentially Orange Cassidy. But like the injury, the way that this whole Adam Cole storyline's been going, the January first element of it all. If they have especially if they have MJF and Joe beat the devil's people on the uh, tag title match tonight. And then he also retains at the pay-per-view. It's going to feel so flat. And even if they do the tag titles change hands, but then he ends up like summoning up all the energy to beat Samoa Joe and, and that kind of thing. It's not the best case scenario. It's better than that, but it's still sort of okay. But then what? And I am of the opinion that MJF just, signed another contract months ago and this January 1st thing story that they're just kind of continuing to keep interest. But if there's any truth to it, or if you still want to play into that, there's some truth to it. The only way is interesting is if he loses that belt. Cause then people start going, Ooh, shit. They booked a long Island pay-per-view on December 30th. And he lost all the titles at the last minute for that. I wonder if Tony Khan couldn't figure out a contract extension and he decided to take the titles off of him because that would have been leverage. And well, you know, we're going to be getting into the contract negotiations even more so now, but 
I don't want to have him hold the belts in the meantime and all that gets people talking. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, between all three of us, we're pretty, I, I, I actually, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm pretty convinced he's, he's re-signed already. Right. Well, I, I think that there's a huge uh, red flag that they haven't played into it, probably because there's nothing to play into. Like, they're playing into it in the mere sense that for so many years he said 2024 that nobody even realizes if this was the MJF of six months ago, the entire story would have been a baby face trying to quote unquote save the title from MJF. It would have been Hangman Page, I'm not letting you take this title after all we've been through mm-hmm. and going somewhere else. And yeah, then, you're not tossing it in a trash can somewhere or whatever. Yeah, like, good. I was gonna say, like, fundamentally, the only person that wants this sto- does seemingly wants this storyline to continue going is MJF, right? Because he's because he's not bringing it's not being brought up on TV often at all. Like, the only time that he's bringing it up is he said it at the end of All In when they did like a little um, it was on like, a post show thing that that was then they announced they're doing All In again next year, and he just said in the like a promo that he may not be sticking around and he's dropping it in some interviews and he's saying it on, on Twitter and, but, but yeah, it's not a core component of the story anymore. And with the injury, he might need to take some time off. So what better way to have that be another thing for people to talk about than Joe wins the title which we're all fans of Samoa Joe. So it's not like we're going to be like, Oh damn, he dropped the belt to, I don't know, the evil Uno or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Samoa Joe wins the title. That's fucking rad. And then he takes some time off. And in the meantime, we don't hear anything from MJF. He's lost the titles on the week of his contract, quote unquote, expiring. And then he just disappears. Oh, maybe he isn't popping back up at AEW. Maybe we will see him pop up at the Royal Rumble. Maybe we will see him pop up, whatever. And then eventually he just pops up on an episode of Dynamite after he's healed up. And it's this big, like, I'm going to, I've re-signed and I'm going to get that title back. And then people are like, hell yeah, man. You know what? I think that that's what's going to end up happening. You just said Royal Rumble and that clicked something in my brain. Like, if this was... Before the whole thing got swallowed up by this devil story, it really should have been, yeah, and I'm going to, you know, old school MJF, I'm going to go where they're going to pay me more money, and I might just go see some of my old friends and rivals in Philadelphia. And, you know, like you really would have hammed up. I'm MJF. I can do whatever I want. I think part of the reason that they just haven't played into it is because it doesn't exist. He signed and he signed a while ago Mm -hmm. and there's too much legitimate turmoil in the company or perceived legitimate turmoil in the company that it wouldn't do them any good to be like and MJF is legitimately unhappy because remember that's what it was before where he was like you know screw you Tony Khan you fucking Mark. The whole reason that died out was because there was actual turmoil in the company. I think the smart move would be Joe beats MJF. You have the unmasks, whether it's Adam Cole, 
Jack Perry, whoever the fuck, they come out and say, I saved the company. I'm the hero. MJF was the devil. I'm the hero. He was going to leave. And then MJF goes, beats up whoever the devil is. I resigned specifically to get my hands on you and to get my fucking belt back. Big pop. And we're off to the races. But he, to do all of that, Joe has to win here. I'm, I'm, I'm now like just toying around with like scenarios in my head. What if I would say that I've just thought of two scenarios where MGF beats Samoa Joe, but also doesn't walk out of World's End with the title? Let's hear it. Well, scenario number one, which is probably the more favourable of the two scenarios in my head, is that the devil makes another challenge to MJF in the same way that he's challenging for the tag titles here. He defeats Samoa Joe, so you get the big like, babyface pop in Long Island. Like, he's vanquished Samoa Joe. Maybe they show respect to each other afterwards. But then the devil makes another challenge. Maybe even he makes a challenge while threatening Adam Cole's health. Or being think, like, uh, you know, you want to know who I am or whatever. Yeah. Uh, put that belt on the line right now. And if you beat me, I'll unmask or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'd kind of go, well, yeah, you could do that, but I'd go more on the lines of he's like, I don't know, he's, you've got Adam Cole like tied up in a room somewhere or beaten up and says like they'll do something permanent to his, to his leg or his neck or anything to um, take him out of action. And so MJF like says that he'll defend the title against him right now as long as you don't hurt him or do anything to him. And then he ends up dropping the title to whoever the devil is, whether even if you reveal the devil and he wins it. I think if that's the case, then my bet for the devil would be Jack Perry. But, but yeah, but yeah again, I try and just shake off that disappointment and move on. That's the, that's the one route. The other route, which would also tie into the bidding war 2024 thing. And this, this is definitely not what I want to happen, but I'm worried again, speaking it into the atmosphere might think, make you think that it might happen. Might do the whole Tony thing of like speaking it into existence. <laughs> Tony Khan is the devil. I'm very, 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 very worried that Tony Khan is the devil. I've not and thought about that, but you I've know, thought about that too much. <laughs> he's been getting more and more involved in like he started out as like I'm not going to be on television at all, and then it becomes more like I'm going to every week have like a special announcement, and I'm going to have like instances where it's like oh yeah well whatever i'm gonna make a match tonight and like yeah uh, mm. and he's it could be in roh it's weird on roh he's very on screen they could that could be their way of being like i needed to do what i needed to do to make sure that the belt didn't go away from the company and uh, the, you know the problem with that is does he then have to heal it up five minutes later in a media scrum does that do him any good I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think no, if I, anything I, that they would end up doing something more, which I don't think is going to happen, but here's another option too. They have something happen where like he gets challenged afterward from uh, the devil, the devil wins and we still don't know who the champion is. And it's like the current AEW champion is, is the, the devil. devil. They could definitely do that route as well. I, mean, I would hate that. Yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> of it either. It's, it's one of those things that there are different options they can go with, which I think is supposed to add layers of intrigue into it. But the fact of the matter is that the vast majority of the fan base, or at least the ones that are vocal on Twitter, 
they say, yeah, we just want this to be over, however it is, just and then we'll swallow the disappointment and move on. Like mm-hmm. everyone is, everyone is very much prepared for disappointment already with this one. Yeah, it'll be it, it'll be the most surprising thing in the world if they manage to do this angle and it doesn't end up disappointing. Yeah, because it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If Joe wins and it's just well, that's it. Then there's that element of yeah, clearly that wasn't what they had planned, so they're just diverting it to plan C or something. If MJF retains and everybody goes, oh, well then he's resigned. And then that kind of kills that a little bit. And then you just move on to, I guess he's going to feud with the devil still going forward. And we don't know who the devil is. If he gets like injured and the belt gets uh, vacated or something, then it's going to seem like they're trying to dance around doing something without actually executing any kind of proper vision. It's just, whatever we can do to not pull the trigger on this devil story. If it ends up being like, ah, oh, the devil is Jack Perry. People are going to be pissed because it's like, well, why is Jack Perry being rewarded for what happened with CM Punk? If the devil is Adam Cole, which it's not going to be the case, but if it's Adam Cole and then he can't wrestle, then that's going to seem like, why are you doing that now? If the devil's Adam Cole and he can wrestle, then the only way that that makes any sense is if he somehow worked his way into getting the championship. And then you need to have the follow-up with MJF, which means that he's already signed anyway. So I can't imagine that there's any scenario that this is going to work out super well. well. We also have to remember they spent the entirety of the last pay-per-view telling the story of Adam Cole and Jay White are going to wrestle for the world title. And it was like, this is silly. No, they're not. But they built the whole show like, hey, you never know what's going to happen. I don't want to see any more mid-show angles like that. Because that's just so, it's too much to follow. But I don't know. I hope that we get a reveal. I think the worst case scenario for me would be if Joe and Max win tonight. There's no unmasking. Max beats Joe on Sunday. And there's still no unmasking. Yeah, because then it's just killing time still. And then it'll have been, well, why did you bother to do this whole Samoa Joe thing just to have him vacate his title so he could have another match, and then you can just have him lose again? If he's not involved with the devil story, and he doesn't win the title, or anything that does something different, then it's a repeat if we had before and that they didn't have anything else in mind and they didn't want to bother with it the way that like wwe we criticize where they we go like all right so you mean you're doing a title match a non-title match so the person can beat the champion and then in three weeks after a bunch of promos they have a title match and then the next three weeks afterward is the person saying even though I beat you, I still want to have another match anyway because I didn't beat you enough. <laughs> and then you get like Bianca versus Bailey for like seven months and you're like, my God, you don't have anything planned at all. You're just going to keep doing this. So we also have to talk about this. We haven't really talked about Joe, like just as a wrestler. If you don't count NXT as a world championship, Joe hasn't been a world champion in 15 years that man is overdue for a run with the title and i think tony khan might 
feel the same way, knowing that he is a big fan of that era of wrestling. I think now is the time to put it on Joe in any case. I would be probably more into the idea that Callum pitched, where MJF keeps it, but we get, like, the devil takes it. But in it, I think best case scenario for me is Joe wins and Max loses because I'm over MJF, at least this iteration of MJF. And I kind of want to see Joe win a world title, see what he can do with it. I think there's a really good chance that what happens on Dynamite tonight, when we go back around to this with the hot tags, we end up having either like, yep, it's 100% going to go in this direction, or we end up going, oh my god, I have no idea, because all the things we were talking about just doesn't make any sense here. But at least as far as what is currently out there, and, you know, 4.30 on Wednesday before Dynamite airs, I'm leaning a little bit more, sadly, towards MJF just retains. Just like the flat-out disappointment of, like, there's nothing to it, and we're hyping ourselves up over something that's ultimately just going to be, no, nah, he overcomes. There, there can't be nothing to it, because there's too much going on. Wordless cutting promos about how it's going to be the end of the world for the devil. You know, like, there, there's too much going on. I think something has to happen. I don't have a strong guess as to what, but I will say I think Joe wins the world. I think that I'm going to go with my approach of MJF retains against Mojo, but loses the title in an impromptu match that follows it. You think Joe attacks him? Nope. No, the devil has enough man. No, like, connection between Joe and the devil. That it's just nope. like, Joe's there to wrestle the match and to wear him out and then move on. Yep. Because I think it also, if you go that route, it gives you an instant feud between Joe and the devil. Well, Max is away. Hmm. Yes, we're going to find out a little bit more tonight, and then we'll be talking more about this on the hot tags, as we mentioned, running out any other matches that they had announced that uh, we don't know at this point whether like the Jericho thing gets sorted out or if they just have Excalibur list a bunch of other matches and do this whole uh, super fast speed running thing. But that is uh, coming up in you know two days. We're going to record that Friday afternoon. In the meantime, let us know what you have to say about World's End with the prediction side of it. Drop your comments below. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Make sure you're checking out, obviously, SmartOutMoment.com. Filling out that fan feedback survey, as I mentioned before. Definitely, definitely don't forget about that. We're going to talk about that on Friday, too. Check out FanboysAnonymous.com for everything on that end. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Hit up that Patreon and so on and so forth. And just go to amagretree.com and you'll see all the different accounts that you should be following, liking, sharing, favoriting, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, check me out at Tony Mango as part of that. Make sure you're following Rob and Callum. Yep. You can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. You can check out my work on Fightful.com and elsewhere. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the power rankings every week on smartcamera.com 
And you can also find there the Fantasy League, also at www.fantasyleague.com to see how our teams are doing and who's picking up points towards the Royal Rumble. Okie dokie, everybody. That's down one of these episodes for this week, but we do have the hot tags coming up and then obviously the AEW Worlds and Pay-Per-View Point post-show immediately following the show on Saturday night. I'm going to have to keep reminding myself that it's Saturday night, not Sunday, because that's the whole took me forever that it was always Sunday nights for pay-per-views for WWE and then Saturdays for AEW and then the switchover happened and then the switchover sometimes doesn't apply and it's it's maddening but December 30th we'll be talking about the results of this seeing what we got right wrong and who else knows what's going on but adios for now thank you for listening as always and we will see you next time this has been another smart out moment And we are being counted out.